Happy Friday and welcome to the Alley on the Run show. Hi everyone, welcome to the Alley on the Run show and welcome to this month's edition of Ramblings on the Run with Allie and Matt. I'm your host, Allie Feller, and on the last Friday of every month, I join forces with Matt Chittum, host of the Rambling Runner podcast and the Road to the Olympic Trials podcast, to talk all things running. On each episode, we talk about how our own running is going, and then we share things we're loving and what we're excited about at the moment. After that, we tend to mix it up. So this month, inspired by the On The Job series on the Alley On The Run show, Matt and I did our own spin on the series, asking each other questions about our work in the podcasting industry. This was really fun. I hope you enjoy it. Next week, we will be back with the final episode in the Feel Good Fridays series. But for now, let's get rambling on the run. Matt, happy end of June. We have made it through yet another month of quarantine. It's good to see ya. See ya. See ya through the computer. <laughs> wow, I'm off to such a good start. You know what? You know, you're one day, you know, with a little experience, you're really going to get this podcasting thing, Allie. I believe in you. I know. I have so much to learn. Well, it's good to have you here. It is. It's always a treat to get to chat with you and to catch up and So our game plan for today, we're going to go through our usual questions, getting to know each other, catching up, and then we are going to do Allie and Matt on the job, or I I guess I should call it on the job with Allie and Matt. Um, This was your idea. I've been doing this series on my show where I invite cool women on the show who have interesting jobs, women who are runners, but have cool jobs. So like a pilot, an archaeologist, a funeral home director, which was totally crazy. And you were like, let's do that. And so we're going to ask each other questions about the job. We have not run these questions by each other, which I'm excited about. So, you know, we'll we'll get some zingers in there. Are your questions hard? No. In fact, I'm a little worried that they're too softball-y. So I'm hoping to kind of come up with some some better ones as I as I progress through them. All right. Well, let's start with our usual opening segments. Tell everyone and tell me, how's it going on the run? Well, right now it's going on the walk at this point. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually herniated a disc in oh. my lower back. Uh, a few weeks ago, opening a window in my daughter's bedroom, um, I kind of oh leaned, like, leaned over her, I leaned over and over like her bookcase in an awkward angle to lift up like kind of a sticky door. Um, didn't go great <laughs> on my end. Um, you know, a couple of days later, it was really seizing up. So went to the went to the PT, who was great. Um, and you know, things are are starting to clear up on that front. But while I was there, I was like, Hey man, like I kind of twisted my knee like three months back. Like it doesn't stop me from running, but like I hear, I hear like a clicking sound. Um, I figure since I'm here, I might as well just check it out. He's like, yeah, let's, let's take a look. And, um, yeah. So I went in, went in for the back, came out <laughs> thinking like, uh oh, the knee, the knee is the knee's not looking great. So I uh, so I just twisted it like just walking around the house, and now it looks like I might have to go in for a minor procedure. Um, well, the 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 X ray came out, um, you know, came out fine, which was you know expected because it really wasn't a bone issue. Um, but next step is an MRI. I don't think it's going to be anything too drastic. But he said with like the clicking sound. 
um, you know, that sort of thing, it could lead to a degenerative issue, which is why it can't just be like, all right, just lay off of it. It will heal. Um, so that was <laughs> that wasn't quite what I was expecting. But here I am. Um, my dog is loving it. So now I'm just going on mammoth, you know, mammoth walks <laughs> with my dog, Banjo. And um, so he's loving that, you know, basically walking like 90 minutes a day with him. Uh, and he's a, he's a big fan of that. So he's a husky German shepherd, mostly husky. With, I guess, a little bit of chow because he's got like a purple, purple black tongue. Um, but, uh, no, he's loving it. He's he's like he just loves to move, man. And he's like, even now he's still alive and kicking. He's 14 years old and you would never oh, wow. know it. You would never know it. Um, so that's so that's fun. I'm still able to be active. I'm, I, I'm swimming with my kids and stuff, which is cool, uh, but not not a lot of running. But how about you? Oh, I, I see you. Running. You ran like a half marathon like last weekend. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um did you get to do the third McCurdy mile? Because last time we talked, you were gearing up for your third attempt. Did you get to I do was, it or where did I was? They say the power of visualization is like almost equal to that <laughs> of actually doing something. It's so the same. <laughs> I, I visualized myself almost like Johnny Gregoric. I ran I ran a 359.59 in jeans visualization. <laughs> Um, you know, I was sweating profusely after the fact I had to hydrate, uh, but I, I was proud of my effort ultimately. Awesome. I love that for you. Um, but I hate that you're injured and dealing with that again. I feel like when we started recording these together, I think we did our first one back in January and you were like just coming back from being injured and things were going well. So, um, the good thing is that, you know, the cycle of injury, well, like seasoned runners, you know, we get a little bit better at dealing with injury, which I always think is just as hard emotionally as it is physically. And so, uh, just hope that you have a really speedy recovery and can get back out there because you got more miles to run, man. Yeah, we'll see if it happens. I got to find out if I can just like just keep training. Well, now that my back is better, if I can just pick up where I left off training wise, because I was training with this knee before. So like if I can just keep doing it until like whatever procedure happens or like if I need to lay off of it. But, you know, this is where I fall on this. I don't know if you have this sort of issue, but like ultimately i don't want to sound like negative so i don't like talking about like the injury stuff but like i also don't want to pretend like everything's fine i don't know like you know when it comes to sharing this sort of thing i'm not anti sharing the truth but i don't want to come off as whiny or complainy especially like if it's like back-to-back injuries so i really haven't talked a lot about it and it was just kind of like I didn't want to just be that guy where I was like, oh, great. Now Matt's telling us all, all about his injury again, <laughs> you know? Um, so I wasn't, wasn't quite sure how to, uh, how to like, you know, talk about it. So I basically just like stopped talking about running for, for about a month. No, I don't think that's what you should do. I mean, I think that there's a, I think there's huge value in talking about these things because so many runners deal with injuries and there's such a, I hate to call it a community, but there is, there's a lot of people who, appreciate being able to swap stories about injuries and people who will be able to say like, oh, I dealt with that last year and here's what helped. And um, I mean, I think there's value in sharing the ups and the downs of running. I get not wanting to be negative. Um, I get that. And I have been feeling similarly about other things right now, but I I don't know. I think that it's good to share that stuff. I think you're human. What? Yeah. Surprise. What? What is this? Revelations <laughs> coming out on the Alley on the Run show. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, no, you're right. And like, I, I have kind of turned that corner. 
So I think part of it was like the self-loathing part. And then part of it was just like, you know, not unsure I was going to come off. Um, but yeah, I did kind of cross that, cross that path. And then, uh, you know, at this point I'm ready to kind of go down it. But yeah, I definitely had that point where like, great. Telling people again that I'm injured. That's what they wanted to hear. <laughs> I'm back. But I also think like, it's always a weird thing with the pros, right? Especially before big races, like before the trials, before an Olympic year, before the big marathons, certain runners that go silent and then they'll be like, oh, well, I was injured leading up to it. And we're like, wait, no one knew that. Like you didn't share and obviously share whatever you want. But I am a big proponent of authenticity, transparency. Like it's not woe is I mean, it can be woe is me if you make it that way. But I think just to share what you're going through on the run, I think people appreciate hearing that. No, that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Speaking of which, speaking of which, <laughs> I saw you go over and kill it this weekend. No, I didn't kill it. Okay. So I, I'm just running. Like I'm not doing workouts. I, my stomach is still a mess. I'm, my Crohn's is flaring. It's fine. It's a pretty minor flare, but it's enough that on any given run, I'm making at least three, like I call them bathroom stops, but there's no bathrooms around here. They're woods stops. Um, so you want to talk being negative, like I could go on a whole rant about how like I literally can't run a mile without going to the bathroom, but that's just what it is and it's fine. And so I am just running what I feel like, which is usually five or six days a week. And if I don't feel like running, I don't run. And I always take, actually last week I ran too much. Uh, last week I ran, according to Strava, I ran 50 miles, which is probably my highest mileage week in like six years. So that was not intentional. That was just like going for my daily run and it added up to too much. So I took yesterday off and I took Sunday off and today is Tuesday. So uh, yeah, running's fine. I'm, I'm just like going to the bathroom a ton and it doesn't take away from my appreciation for it. It makes me appreciate running even more because I will get to a point where I'm just like, it's not fun making all these stops. And so then I'll probably just not run and that's fine. That's the cycle of my life and running and I'm used to it. And so that's okay. But for now, I'm not quite at that point of wanting to give it up yet or feeling like, I guess there's, for me, there's a line between is this serving me well or not? And it's more about the mental. Like physically, I'm not training for anything. I don't have anything planned. I don't need to be running, but it's what I love and I enjoy it. But if it gets to the point where I'm making so many bathroom stops or where I'm so anxious about leaving the house or I don't want to do it, then I stop because that's not what's the point. So right now, just still in that weird spot of enjoying it, even though it's like, Every run takes me twice as long as it should. And I joke that if you look on Strava or at least on the desktop version where you can see it, my elapsed time is like double my moving time. So on a six mile run, it'll take me an hour and a half. I think today I went out and I ran seven and a half miles and it took me about an hour and a half just because I'm stopping so much and it's inconvenient. But it, you know, it is what it is. Like I ran 13 miles. I think if you looked at um, the little picture I posted on Strava, it said an hour and 53 minutes because I stop my or my Strava like stops automatically, you know, because I just use the app on my phone. I don't have a watch. And I think if you change the setting to a race, it'll update it or whatever. Right, but right. I don't care enough. And so I but I posted it and I was like, I have to say, like, 
someone will go and look at my elapsed time and be like, well, actually ran blah, blah, blah. And so I felt that I should clarify that in my caption. And it's fine. And someone sent me a message, someone with Crohn's disease sent me a message and was like, thank you for saying that your elapsed time is so much longer because that's true for me too. And it's so embarrassing. And I was like, oh, girl, it's not embarrassing. Own it. We're out there for so long and we have the best runner's tans of anyone because we're out there for longer. So all that to say, running is fine. And I ran quite a bit last week and my body, other than my stomach, my body feels great. So that's where I'm at. Nothing exciting to report. I haven't done anything cool like a virtual race or a mile challenge. Like I keep wanting to, but I really can't run a mile without stopping right now. And so that'll have to wait. Dude, what you just said is cool. Like you are a hero. I love how you <laughs> no, are able to talk about this no. in a way that is just so like, you know, it, like I don't know. I definitely wouldn't be able to do would be able to approach this with the grace and just it comes across as like there's just effortlessness with which you're no, able it's, to do oh it. God. No. It's not, but also I've had this disease since I was seven and I've been running with this disease for 10 years now. So, cause I started running about 10 years ago. So I think I'm very used to dealing with it. I've gotten better at dealing with it and I talk for a living. I'm very used to talking about it. So I can sit here and be like, yeah, it's no big deal, but don't get me wrong. There are days, I guess there aren't days that I cry about it because I don't care enough right now. But like in the past, when I'm training for something or when I have a big goal in 2016, I was so excited. I was training so hard to run the New York City Marathon. It was going to be my year. I was going to finally PR in the marathon. I had a time goal that felt, I, I think I wanted to run 345, which to me felt doable, but challenging. And I got so sick. And I wasn't able to finish my training and I I definitely cried about it and was like so devastated. And now it's just, I've adjusted my expectations. That's what I'll say. I've adjusted my expectations. I kind of know what my body's capable of. And that's just, you know, there's nothing heroic about it. I promise you. It's like, I go to the bathroom in the woods like a hundred times a day. Yeah. But you know what? I think the people who are going through some of the same things that you are might view it differently because you must get messages just like the one you just told me about with like the woman on Strava who said, hey, thanks for doing that. You must get those messages pretty frequently. And for people to open up about, you know, this topic, I'm sure isn't something that they are excited about doing oftentimes, especially with someone that they don't know. So I think that would be evident of the fact that it, it means a lot to other people. Yeah, that is probably the biggest message that I get on my blog, my podcast, like any Instagram, like that's the most feedback that I ever get is when I post about having Crohn's because I hear not just from the people who have those diseases, but the people who love those people. So I get mm. a lot of messages from the men who are like, my wife has it and she doesn't like to talk about it and this helps me understand it better. And that's where I'm like, listen, if I'm the poster girl for like pooping on the run, it's not really the title I ever dreamed of spinoff podcast. <laughs> yeah, let's let's market that. But like, if that can help people, I'll I'll take it like I'll take that title because I don't want it. But I also know how horrible it is to feel alone with this disease and to feel like no one understands you and no one knows what you're going through. And that can obviously apply to so many things beyond a chronic illness. And so yeah, I'll t I'll take the title. I'll talk about it if no one else wants to, and 
you know, I, I'm I am a very big proponent of spreading awareness. So, you know, I'll do what I can. Yeah. And you are doing it. So keep up. the no, good I'm work doing it. Sure. <laughs> I'm doing it. What is something that you're loving right now? All right. So what I'm loving right now, first of all, it, for, it came to me originally in the form of an audio book. So it was um, Kathy Heller's Don't Keep Your Day Job. I don't know if you're familiar with her, uh, the book, uh, or whatever, but I loved it. I thought it was great. It was one of those things that kept getting popping up in like my Amazon or Audible suggestions, and I just didn't really bite on it for a while, and then I ultimately did. I really liked the book. I listened to it two or three times through a few months ago, and I was aware that she had a podcast as well, um, and I just never really got into the podcast. I mean, not got into it. I just never tried it, even though I liked the book. I can't really explain why. However, three days ago, I did subscribe to it and I have, my goodness, like I now have like what amounts to as like an aftershocks headache. Like I think yeah. I've had my aftershocks on for like 36 hours of the last 72 and I just have been like binge listening and I cannot get enough. I, I swear to God, I love this show. Uh, I love the people she has on. I love the way she you know, talks to people and interviews people. It's just it's just such a fun listen. It's very energetic and enthusiastic. And even if you don't have, you know, we're going to be talking later about our, our, our jobs and, you know, in ways that they're similar and, and maybe different in a way. You know, even if you're not kind of in that realm of owning your own business or wanting to own your own business or whatever, I feel like this podcast is just fun to listen to, even if you don't have those things. And if you do have those things, oh, my goodness, like, forget about it. So, um, yeah, I just saw before we hopped on here, I saw this little back and forth you had with Lindsay Krause talking about a, a, she, see, a CEO. Did you just see that? Yeah. Yes. A mompreneur. <laughs> like, th that's like her, like her brand. And like, while she doesn't have many guys on, um, it doesn't really matter. I, th I think it's great. I can't get enough of it. And again, you know. I, uh, for me, like, you know, suggesting other podcasts, like I just want to expand the pie for all podcasts. And she certainly gets much more downloads than I get. But I think like, hey, if you're into that sort of thing, give it a listen, because I think it's really, really good. I love that. All right, I'll check it out. I've heard of the book, but I've never read it. So I'll have to uh, add that to my my list, my very constantly growing list of podcasts. But that's the joy of running again. I used to never have time to listen to podcasts. And now that I'm actually running, that's when I listen. So I listen to an episode a day, which is great. Um, that brings me to something that I am loving right now. And one of the things is I'll also recommend a podcast here. It's called Be There in Five. It is so much fun. Kate Kennedy is the host. She is right around my age. I'm 35. I think she's probably like 32 or 33. I think she's a bit younger than me. And it's a lot about nostalgia, a lot of references of the aughts and those times in our lives that just have me nodding along and laughing. And she talks a lot about influencer culture, which I appreciate because I never really call myself an influencer. But over the past few months, I've had to take a step back and be like, an influencer is someone who has influence and that's all of us. You don't have to have 100,000 followers on Instagram to be an influencer because we all influence the people around us every day, our family members, our children, our colleagues, whatever it is. And so she just did an episode that I want to recommend. It is called Influence in the Time of Social Injustice. And she had a conversation about the roles of influencers in 2020, particularly around 
racism, anti-racism, and what it means to be an influencer right now. What are the expectations? What are people doing well? Where are people really messing up? And I thought it was it was a really good listen. And so I really want to recommend that for everyone, not just for people who consider themselves an influencer. And so I want to recommend that. I also want to shout out Alephine Tuliamuk's Instagram post from the past week where she talked about the lack of coverage that she got during the Olympic marathon trials broadcast. And I think we've touched on this a little bit in our conversations. And I know I've Mm -hmm. talked about it on my show, but uh, last week I had Courtney Carter, who (laughs) I joke, I call her by her Instagram name, Eat, Pray, Run DC, because I think that's how so many people know her. And on the show, she's amazing. She was just named Wazelle's advisor for diversity, equity, and inclusion. And she was ta- we were talking about what the running industry can do better right now and what we need to do better. And she was talking about how in the broadcast, Alephine, like they barely even said her name and she won. And same with Sally Kipiego, who got third. And we know that Molly Seidel's amazing, but Molly got like all the coverage. And I never watched the broadcast. I was there in person. We were going crazy for Alephine. And afterward, I remember reaching out and talking to her and being like, you know, would love to talk to you about having you on the show sometime. I know you're getting bombarded with requests right now. So let's do it later, closer to the Olympics, because that's when the Olympics were going to happen. All that to say, um, it was an interesting conversation. And as we're talking about Alephine not getting coverage and her talking about it firsthand, I mean, her post will break your heart about how she watched the broadcast and felt so devastated and she cried. And like, she's our Olympic marathon trials champion. She should not be crying. She should not be upset. She shouldn't feel anything but celebrated. And I could go on a very long rant about this, but I just want like, love and justice for Alephine and Sally. I want to celebrate them. Alephine is going to be on the Alley on the Run show, uh, what would have been the week of the Olympic marathon. So we're going to chat about that. And all that to say, uh, I think it just opens up this big conversation of what we can all do better. And in the same realm of how I was like, I'm not an influencer. It's like, well, I have a platform. I literally do this for a living. Uh, What can I do better? And so uh, if you haven't seen Alephine's Instagram post, go see it and like it and leave a comment of support and love and send her a message of support and love and go buy one of her beanies on Etsy. They sell out constantly, but I just got mine and it's pink. So that's what I'm loving right now. I love Alephine and I love Sally and I love that podcast and I love running and I love talking about running. <laughs> there you go. How's that? There you go. Yeah. See, I watched the um, I watched the race from home. So I was, you know, kind of really tuned in. I was doing little Instagram lives during every commercial break, right. like like I'm like in the moment analysis. And I got to be honest with you, I don't, I didn't notice the disparity at first, um, or I should say, no, I didn't notice it live. With that said, I also wasn't paying as huge attention to the announcers because I was trying to like take notes. Because as soon as the race ended, Jason Fitzgerald and I hopped on a podcast and recorded it, and like that, and basically like analyzed the race. So I kind of had it like on, but not really listening to the broadcast. So I wish I could have been more in tune with the injustice of it. But I can't say like, I can't say that I was in part because I really wasn't paying attention to it. And I was just like kind of very much in the moment of like, all right, what am I going to say at the next commercial break? What am I going to say as soon as this race ends? Um, But, you know, it's interesting because I I definitely want to go back now and rewatch it. 
And then also, I think it would be great if we could get, again, there's no races right now anyway. What if we could, like, pressure some people to, like, basically, like, re-record, like, a analysis of the race during the race, right? So, Chris like, Chavez, are you listening? We, we just right. had this same conversation about, like, the dream is to, at races in the future, like, in some way, and I know that... um Jessica Murphy, who does the Bibrave podcast, and she's co-founder of Bibrave with her husband Tim. Uh, they were talking about it with Allison Wade from Fast Women. That like, obviously, the major dream is to totally overhaul the people in the booths. Obviously, there are some great ones like Carrie Tollefson, phenomenal. When Shalane is in the booth, fantastic. Dina's microphone wasn't working, and so we didn't get to hear from her. But like, Dina's fantastic. But the same men that are always in the booth the talking heads that we hear from at every race that clearly like they're not that invested in the community not like we are right overthrow the whole system get people in there who follow the sport obsessively and who can not only say enough to appeal to the diehard running fans but also inform the new people because that's where i think about how sad it is for alephine that like let's assume that a lot of people watching knew who she was because they follow the sport, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, doesn't make it any better. But I think about all of the people who watched it because they came across it, they've never watched a running event before, and they still don't know who Alephine is. Like, what a missed opportunity for all these potential new fans of the sport who missed out on getting to learn about this amazing woman who is literally the embodiment of the American dream. And I think that's so sad. So anyway, I totally interrupted you, but yes. You, you bring up a good I point. Wanna, and like, I want to like... Yeah, and, and to, I think you, to piggyback on that, I think that's also a good rationale for maybe, maybe separating the races. Like I think even yep. if you get the best booth possible, if you run both these races at the same time and you factor in commercial breaks and you factor in like the pre-programmed like feature segments, you know, like the 90-minute, you know, production that was done like say a month ago that's like really well done dives into a specific runner and, and all of that which you see at all of these marathon races and i think those are nice those are nice to have you know when you take all of that out and you have the race done at the same time i think even if you had the best booth possible you'd leave a lot of meat on the bone and mm -hmm. i think that separating them out would also help to ensure that we're getting that that broader and deeper perspective on all of these runners, not just like all of them in an inch deep, but being able to drill down as well. In the current format, it really makes it very difficult, even in the best of circumstances. Yeah. And like, who's the one that's saying like, let's cut away from the race right now? Like, give us the split screen. Give us the insert screen. Well, I, I made that term up. I don't know what it's called when the one screen goes tiny, but you can still right. see it. Um, I'm not ready to be in the booth just yet. But uh yeah there's so much work to be done i don't know who's in charge i don't know how we get through to those people it seems clear to me that when it comes to running events they are not listening because these criticisms and critiques are not new uh for as long as i've been watching running events i feel like i've had these same conversations and everyone i know is having these same conversations mm -hmm. and so i hope at some point someone someone who matters and can make change is listening because man it's frustrating or you can do the other th or you can do the other thing. You can have the broadcast exactly the way they have it, right? And then what you can also do is have it on a separate channel 
you know, a different, a different take. So you have like, they do this sometimes on ESPN with basketball games. They'll have like the live broadcast on ABC for a playoff game or whatever. And then on ESPN or ESPN two, it will be like a, like a traditional, um, mm-hmm. you know, analyst or host, basically a traditional host who's used to being on TV and moderating and pitching it to guests. And then it'll be like three or four players sitting in kind of giving their take in the moment. So they're not doing like traditional play by play. They're just talking about the game as if they were watching it like in their basement. And so it's like a different thing that you can have going on at the same time, just on a different channel. So you can kind of have best of both worlds depending on how you want to watch it. Um, Again, it's just a different way of doing it. I don't know which one's better or worse or whatever, but I think there's, there there are a lot of potential solutions for this because I do agree it is a problem. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move, let's look forward before we get into our on the job series. What is something that you are excited for right now? All right. So what I'm excited for is I recently did a listener survey and I've been reaching out to listeners and having conversations. And I'm excited that, you know, kind of take the take the show in kind of a different direction. I started the show as a um, you know, really focused on dedicated amateur runners. And that was great. And I love it. And I still do that. However, as the show started to grow, I started also kind of getting more sub elite runners in there, you know, kind of people who were, you know, pros, but maybe, you know, had, you know, like kind of the Kate Landos of the world, like a definitely a pro, but also has a full time job. And then, you know, those flat out pros like the Des Lindens of the world, Stephanie Bruce's of the world and so on and so forth. And while I personally really love those conversations with runners at the top of the sport or pretty close to the top of the sport. I think ultimately my core audience, that's not what they were coming to the show for predominantly. So I think every now and then it's nice, but I think ultimately I kind of lost track a little bit of what the essence of the show was and it didn't, you know, affect it in the numbers, but I would get, you know, listeners who have been part of this community for a long time and sent me so many nice messages and be like, Hey, you know, I've noticed X, Y, Z, it'd be great to get some more runners who kind of run my speed every once in a while. You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm missing the boat here. So I started happening, you know, a couple months ago and then I started to dig deep and you know, take a kind of really take a deep dive into this. And I'm, I'm excited to, you know, kind of really lean back in that direction and really kind of take that approach and really trying to say like, all right, like, again, it doesn't matter to me how fast you are, if you can tell, you know, an interesting story and you live, you know, you live a life that is inspirational or you've overcome something or, you know, you're just someone who's doing really cool stuff and we want to hear about it. That's why the show was founded on. And I want, I'm excited to kind of get back to more of that. And I think that what I was doing, I was kind of like gearing it more towards, um, all right, like these people are really, you know, exciting and they're the top of the sport. I have a chance to talk to them. I'm going to do it. You know, and and I think I kind of at that I got too excited about that. I think in retrospect, and kind of lost course a little bit. So I'm excited to to kind of veer back a little bit into what I was doing before, and um and kind of you know do do more of that in the future. And I'm really excited about it. Oh, I love that. I give you credit for doing a listener survey too. I did one of those maybe like two years ago. So I think I had the show for about a year. And it's hard putting yourself out there and letting people be totally honest with you. And most people are so kind and nice because they're part of your community. But like, you do open yourself up. I mean, I have thin skin. I've gotten better. But like, getting feedback on something you care about so deeply can be really hard. I'm If you're a little sensitive butterfly, like I am. Are you a sensitive butterfly? 
<laughs> I can't say no? in all things. Um, wow. But in, in certain things, for sure. <laughs> um, but you know what this was is that there's sometimes there's those criticisms that can come out of nowhere. And then uh, and I will certainly be, you know, either touchy or get angry yeah. or whatever. But you know what? These weren't criticisms. These had the immediate ringing of truth in them. Mm. So I was able to just put them in this completely different category. I think that's great. Uh, all, all I remember from when I did that is people, I mean, literally of the however many responses, I would say 99% were so nice, so supportive, so helpful, so great. And then I remember one person in the like, anything else you'd like to add section wrote, your husband is a douchebag. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I was like, cool. Thank you for that helpful bit of information. And I think that we had just done a handful of episodes, my husband and I together, because we used to do a lot of those before we had a kid and like, basically were ships passing in the night. Um, but yeah, your husband is a douchebag. I I loved it. I forwarded it to him. I was like, hang this on your wall. This is lovely. So, oh anyway, my God. I so I guess, so I guess he's not... So I'm assuming then he's not a sensitive butterfly since you forwarded it to oh, him immediately? God, no. He is so the opposite of that. He's he also like he's very passionate about what he calls flipping people. So like if someone sends him a hateful comment on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, he cares a lot about like talking to that person and maybe getting them to change perspective. And the weird thing is that it happens a lot where he like not a lot because he's not getting that much hate, but like oftentimes if someone reaches out he'll have a conversation with them and be like hey like thanks for reaching out what prompted you to say this or whatever and then they have like a weird adult conversation and come out of it like being friends or something weird i don't know he has all these stories about it and he's shown me screenshots but um i don't think he got in touch with that person because i'm pretty sure their email address that they had to include was like a at a.com and i was like that's not real <laughs> anyway, <laughs> listener surveys are great. Um, and I want to get to the on the job. So I will just say I'm excited about Hamilton on Disney Plus coming out next week or in two weeks or whenever it is. I'm so excited. I, I haven't sat down and watched something on a television that isn't Mickey Mouse Club or Sesame Street in like four months. And so I am very excited to sit down and watch something I want to watch. I don't know when I'm going to do it. It might be 2 a.m. when I have the opportunity, but I'm excited about that. It's going to be great. That reminds me of a Ron Swanson quote from Parks and Rec when he's like, there is no more quiet. There's only <laughs> Doc McStuffins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Annie, my daughter, at 5 p.m., she is allowed to watch one episode of Elmo, of Sesame Street, and... She knows now as it's ending, she starts going, Mickey, 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 until I put on Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And <laughs> so anyway, if you ever run into a problem, I can recommend a mouse katool that you might want to use. I'll Ooh, call nice. toodles like I am fluent. Can you sing us the song? Holy hell, Matt. The mouse katool song? Oh, oh, yeah, that one's easy. But holy crap, all she wants to hear is the hot dog dance. And so we have to ask Alexa to play the hot dog dance all day. And I wake up in the middle of the night and it is blaring in my head. The hot dog dance has been in my head for like a month. I'm losing my mind, Matt. I'm I haven't okay. heard it in, I think, four years. And I know every word of it. I know the beat, oh, you're I know so the lucky. rhythm, the whole you thing. You know all the dances they do? I know the dance that each different oh, character yeah. does. Oh, God. 
It's ringing in my ears right now. Let's get into our fourth segment on the job. Would you like to be the first answerer or would you like to ask the first question? You know, let's just keep the momentum going. You're, you've been asking me the question first the whole way. Let's just keep that, let's keep that Sweet. moving. Sweet. Love going first. What is the most important lesson? And I let me clarify that as we're talking about on the job, we're talking specific to podcasting. I know we both have our hands in lots of other things, coaching, and um, I write. I'm a freelance writer. But for this, we'll keep it uh, in the podcasting niche, right? Sounds good. Okay. What is the most important lesson you have learned on the job? Mm, most important lesson learned on the job. Okay. So... First of all, there's a lot of them. Um, I think the most important thing is the thing that I learned is that you need to be far more energetic on the call or in the interview than you think you need to be in order to sound energetic to somebody else. So there have been times where I'm doing the show where I feel like I'm being super positive, I'm being excitable, I got a smile on my face, I'm bringing energy all that stuff. And then I'll listen to it after the fact. And I'm like, oh, that is not at all how I thought, <laughs> how I wanted that to come across. And it's like, I'm not talking about the ones where I was like, all right, this sounded like a dud. Let me analyze that one. I'm talking about the ones that I was like, yes, knocked it out of the park with that sucker. And I'm like, oh, not quite. So for me, again, listen, there are a thousand one lessons I've learned and there's probably 10,000 more that I need to learn. But I think this is one where if you can bring energy in the right amount and you definitely want to err on the side of more and not less, then it can make up for a lot of other mistakes. And for me, that that's the big one. So I need to be more energetic than I think I need to be in order for it to really come across. I like that. So that, that, that's, a, that's the one for me. All right. So early on in your career, you, you know, were writing for other publications and you're doing that stuff. And I know that right now we're focusing on the podcast in particular, but when and why did you come to the conclusion that you wanted to write for yourself or produce content for yourself as opposed to doing it for another publication predominantly? Good question. And it's funny because I started podcasting, even though the show is called The Alley on the Run Show, that's just because I couldn't come up with a better name. I started the podcast because I didn't want to talk about myself anymore because I had been blogging for a while. I mean, to take it back further, I was a writer for a long time. I was the editor of Dance Spirit Magazine. I contributed to health and fitness publications. And when you're doing that, aside from the occasional first person piece, you're writing what someone else wants you to write. And you're writing, um, you know, you're writing for for deadlines and by someone else's rules and someone else's style. And I liked that and I was good at it and it was a good fit. I started my blog because I wanted to write about myself. I had started running. It was exciting to me. And so I wanted to write on my terms. Then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I don't really want to write what other people are telling me to write because that was the time when writing on the internet was all listicles. Like it was the BuzzFeed era. And I was like, I'm so tired of writing like 10 squats to tone your butt in 10 minutes. Like vomit. I was not into it anymore. Hated the clickbait stuff. But I also wasn't really jazzed about my blog because I was tired of talking about myself. So to me, the podcast was a great way to combine my journalism background and interviewing people and telling their stories, which is what I love but staying in the running space. And so 
It kind of just felt like the perfect mix. And I had just moved from New York City, where I had lived for nine years and moved across the river to New Jersey. And what I left behind, even though it was eight minutes away, was Central Park and all of my running buddies. And so I wanted something to listen to that would feel like running with my running friends. That's the story. That's a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Do you consider your job to be stressful? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no way. Um, no, it, it definitely does not feel stressful. Um, Never. You know, for, not at all. I mean, I mean, it, you know, comparatively speaking. So, you know, when I was, you know, I've had other jobs. I was coaching college basketball. I was working in college admissions. I was working in college fundraising. And those were stressful. You know, losing a game, you know, it was always, gosh, you know, losing a recruit. My goodness. Um, you know, driving for six straight weeks without going home for admissions. So that was, that was stressful. Um, you know, whether or not, you know, you're going to bring in a hundred thousand dollar gift, you know, to save your job, like, Oh gosh, that was stressful. You know what I mean? Um, those, those were a completely different level. Um, I think podcasting hasn't been stressful because I came into it as just a, on a lark. Right. My podcast started just because I wanted to have interesting conversations with inspiring people. I didn't care if anyone listened to the show. That wasn't even the point. So I was like, hey, I get to talk to, you know, the first episode was Shawana White. I'm like, I get to talk to Shawana White for 45 minutes. Sign me up, man. Like, I'm great. I don't care if I'm doing it from a parking lot in the Riverhead, New York, Riverhead, Long Island Target, which is literally where Wait. I recorded it. Time out. My husband's from Riverhead. All right, so he knows the target where I'm talking about. Well, he it's it's fairly new, but it's the part of Riverhead that was built up. Um, yeah. It's, you know, it's, so it's uh, yeah, it's right over there. And it's right near so like funny. the little like dusty like uh, like little, little dusty like miniature go kart track. Yeah, um, which is over there. Um, yeah, so Riverhead like, Raceway. Like, there you go. So I'm just like over there, like in the last the last like um, parking the last parking space in front of Target, recording it there. <laughs> Right. Like right after you get off the Long Island Expressway. And you know, so I didn't care. So it has grown and grown and grown. And to the point now where I can now do it full time. And I love that. But there was never this sense of like, hey, if this doesn't work, that's a problem. And now it's the point where like it's working so well that like it's not like in danger of imminent collapse. So for the most part, like, no, man, this is just like been a breath of fresh air for sure. Not saying that some moments aren't better than others, but like, hey, man, like I've been like, you know, almost fired from jobs before. And you're like, you know, nights, nights are tough. <laughs> That's for sure. Right. And this is a completely different thing. That's fair. What about with like the thing that stresses me out the most is the technology. So if you record an episode and the audio is bad or mm -hmm. the <laughs> ringer uploads it so that you're talking over each other the whole time. And I know there's ways around that. Now you can download the different tracks, whatever it is. But like, for example, that happens. That doesn't stress you out. You just roll with it. Well, I guess recently the technology side has, I just completely delegated out. So I have someone who does my audio production. So like, yes, when I had to do the audio production, that would stress me out. And there were points where, like, I was putting in some very long nights detangling audio. And, like, who am I to do it? I am not a pro at all. Um, so it might have taken someone else 25 minutes. took me two hours to do. Yep. Um, that wasn't great. But you know what? It didn't happen frequently enough where I couldn't look at it in light of, like, yeah, this sucks. But, like, you know, whatever. 
You know what I mean? Like, oh. it's not like it happened like four episodes in a row or something. Right. So it never got to the point where like all of a sudden this was like really impacting my life. It was more of just a minor inconvenience uh, again, because like there was no stakes. I think that was part of the thing was like, if this doesn't come out great, like, oh, well, like I just won't put out an episode this week. Oh, you know, that sucks. But like, you know, it's not that bad. Fair. God, I need a dose of that. Like those chill vibes. I need a little bit of that in my life. <laughs> but you I know, like stress great. about the technology every single time, no matter what. Like I, it's the number one thing I stress about. And I don't oh, edit my own. Like I have an editor who levels everything and pieces it together before I do my final edit. But it's still like someone's internet connection's bad. It's game over. I stress about that a lot. I'm stressed right now. Wow. Well, see, I think that's one thing where like you get like certain kinds of technology allow you to like, all right, if the Wi-Fi doesn't work, like, hey, we can just use your phone. We'll go sell, you know? So I think finding ways, you know, that's the thing with all of these, all of these technologies, all these like services is that like you and I know, like you feel very differently when all. you start using it than if you're using it for a couple months and you know all the little tricks and like trial yeah. and errors that you've, <laughs> yeah. you've learned across the way. Like, like, I'm not gonna lie, like two years ago, I recorded a podcast with Matt Fitzgerald and like, I couldn't wait to record it. And I didn't realize that like the mic that I was using was rubbing against the collar of my hoodie for the entire oh, yeah. episode. Not only that, that, I had lost my voice two hours before the show started. How do you think that audio turned out? Ultimately, it didn't matter. It, my, my downloads didn't go down the next time I recorded the show. It really didn't have that much of an effect. All right. Before we go on to the next question, Matt, the first year that I was doing this, my entire first year of podcasting, I didn't know that I had to change my settings when I was recording to use. I had my microphone plugged in, like bought my fancy little blue snowball mic. I didn't know I had to change the settings. So even though I was talking into it, I had my my settings set to my internal speakers in oh my, my computer. God. So for the first year, I thought I was talking into a microphone. <laughs> But I never changed my settings one year. So, you know, beginner's I, Allie, mistakes. <laughs> Allie, shouldn't that absolve you of any of this technology fears? You made like, no. you, you, you made a year's worth of mistakes and you I came know. out fine. Well, work in progress. All right. What do you got? What's next? All right. So many of us have people that we look up to uh, in various aspects of their various aspects of our life. So from a podcasting perspective, who are your mentors or people that you try to either model your show and or your hosting of the show after? Oh, such a good question. Is it bad that I don't have that person? Because I just, ew, this sounds so lame, but like, I'm very much doing my thing here. Like, I I try to just focus on what I'm doing and to be really authentic about it and to trust my gut and do what I think is best. That being said, absolutely, there are people who are just crushing it. Like I look at Rich Roll and he's someone who I think, um, you know, I also think that he's very authentic. I love that his thing is long form podcasts. That's not mine, but I, I think that he does it beautifully. I love that he is able to record his episodes up until now, um, doing them in person. And he's got a staff helping him and he's got gorgeous photos to promote with every episode. So I look at someone like that and I really, really respect him and what he's doing. And I feel like over the years, he's gotten so big and so successful and he hasn't, um, sold out isn't the right word. Cause I don't care if he does that, but 
Uh, he seems like he's very much stayed true to himself and his mission and the types of guests he has on the show, that he's not just saying who is the most popular person right now, who has the most Instagram followers, who's everyone talking about, that he very much is pursuing guests that he wants to hear from and that are relevant and that have stories to share. And I really love the way that he does that. And so I think that's someone that I look to where I'm like, he's awesome in the space other than that i think it's little things that other people are doing um but everyone that i respect in the space and not just in in running in all podcasts in fun podcasts silly podcasts uh fiction podcasts whatever it is uh for me it always comes back to whoever is doing it authentically and whoever is you know, kind of like what you said when you were talking about how you started your show for the amateur runner and you kind of strayed from that. And now you're like, wait, that's what the show is. And like getting back to like the core of what you really care about and are excited about and want to share. I think that that's what it's about for me. I'm totally not giving a good answer here because I didn't have like a list of people ready to go. And in my defense, we did not share our questions with each other beforehand, which I think is good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Ritual definitely comes to mind because I I so respect him and and what he does in the space. I wish that I had a woman example, by the way. I hate that, which is great. But I really wish that I could say like, this woman has the leading sports podcast. And if you go and you look like every now and then you send me like the charts. And so I'll go and look at like, oh, what are the top 100 in the general sports category? And we're in the sports category because we're in the running subcategory. And man, there's like no women in there. And that is frustrating to see. And so I am eager for more women to join the podcasting ranks and to see more women rising to the top of the sports category specifically. And then we'll do a follow-up episode and I'll name more of those names. Can I recommend two? Yeah, of course. All right. So I think the, the, the queen of sports podcasting the matriarch, Mina Kimes. I mean, she's killing it. Um, her football podcast is the top rated football podcast in the country or the second number, either number one or number two. And she's the host of ESPN Daily uh, because her because that podcast was doing so well. Then we're the host of ESPN Daily, which is also fantastic. It's short form. It's 20 minutes. Um, and they just touch on like a very specific, this is what's happening now type topic. And it's usually with the co-host. So say someone just did a feature on ESPN.com about a certain topic, right? So like maybe tomorrow will be about Bubba Watson, you know, who's the NASCAR driver who's going through a lot of things and then just did well in a race and so on and so forth. She would have on, you know, their leading NASCAR analyst would come on they would talk like 15 minutes and she does a short segment at the end another person who does sports who's very sports related but also her podcast reaches out more from that uh is sarah spain she's also fantastic all right adding to my list my podcast list is growing tonight all right here's the deal we've been talking for 50 minutes already we still have like six questions can we fly through these how let's see how um, let's see what we can do with brevity. Neither of us are very good at that, especially me. You're pretty good at it. I'm not at all. Literally, the name of my podcast <laughs> is Rambling Runner. I'm not that great. All right. Well, let's see if we can get through six more questions in less than 10 minutes. You ready? All right. Let's do it. What are you proudest of? Mm. I guess my consistency. That I was able to do this. I'm somebody who oftentimes will start things and not finish them, especially if I don't get immediate results. And... I'm also a huge procrastinator. So you put those two things together, it doesn't come up with a great mix. 
However, with this, maybe for the first time in my life, I've been able to stick with something for a long period of time for, you know, out of pure enjoyment, frankly, that the results didn't matter to me in terms of whether I was going to stick with it or not. And ultimately, the things that have resulted from that have blown my mind. And I just can't believe that it's come to this because I am not the kind of person who traditionally has done that sort of thing. I love that. That was better than my other answers. I should stick with concise from now on. <laughs> All right, let's see what I can do. I'm ready. Okay. When you look back, and a lot of these have been positive, so if this doesn't fit for you, please let me know. But looking back now, is there one thing that you look at and say, this was a missed opportunity that if you could go back, you would change? A missed opportunity? Yeah. Wow, great question. You know, nothing comes to mind of things I said no to, but I wish I had gone out for more when I was first starting. I think it took me a really long time to say, like, I deserve to be in this space or I'm a leader in this space or, you know, I, I wanted to try race announcing for so long. Why did it take me so long to actually go for it? So missed opportunity, nothing specific, but I do wish I had been more of an advocate for myself from the start. And I wish that I had outsourced more from the start. I wish I had hired a graphic designer from the start. I wish I had hired, you know, found someone to just help me out with some basic marketing stuff to get the word out. Um, and it's fine because it's grown beautifully and I'm proud of that. But I would just say being more of an advocate for myself from the start. Sounds good. I like that. If you could go back in time, what would you tell about to launch Matt about his podcasting future? I would tell him, um, you're going into this for the right reasons right now. Like a lot of people aren't necessarily going into podcasts thinking like, I don't care how my results are. I'm just going to follow the things that I like, um, continue to do that. And then when you get a core audience, shift it to what they like, because instead of looking to spread it to as many people as possible, Find your core audience and serve them as best as you can. And if you do that, then it will grow as much as it needs to. But don't feel like you're going to grow for growth's sake. All right. Go for depth instead. Love that. All right. Let's do another one. Okay. So <laughs> you said that I send you the rankings, which is funny because you don't care about the rankings. So I like to pepper them to you every once in a while because you dominate them. And I want you to know that you're killing it. So I know you're not going to look. So what is your long-term goal with the show in light of the fact that you don't seem to be metric driven? Yeah, I'm not metric driven at all. I'm community driven. I care a lot about the people who both come on the show, but mostly the people who listen to the show, because I wouldn't be able to do this for a living if people weren't listening. And the community is the number one thing that I care about. Absolutely. I think about them constantly. My long-term goal is I want to do more things in person. I had such big plans for 2020. Uh, I want to do not just more live shows. I think live shows are really great. But my what I want to do next is a lot more networking. I really have this dream of hosting a running retreat. And obviously, I need the time to be right to make that happen. And I want the community to feel very tangible where it's not just me talking about like, this is the community, but really, it's me talking and people being nice to me. I want them to connect with each other. I want them to 
start their own meetups before big races. I want every runner to feel seen and represented on the show. That is something I care so passionately about now more than ever. And those are the biggest things that come to mind. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. I get sucked into the numbers a lot, as you can tell. No, I don't care. I just, I don't care. (laughs) But you can keep sending them to me. I think that's nice that you do that. (laughs) All right. My last question for you. Who is a guest that you are dying to have on, whether you've tried reaching out to them or not? Um. Adam Goucher. I know I talked about having like the having the dedicated amateur <laughs> runners, but here here's the thing. I want to do a podcast where I've had some of these these rerun episodes where it's, mm-hmm. you know we go back, we watch the race, and we analyze after the fact. You know, it's at its best when it's with someone who either won the race or was right in the mix. You know, Des Linden with Boston 2018 was a great example of that. I want to get Adam on the podcast to talk about his 5k i think it was the 5k now i'm like second guess myself but it was 5k or 10k but his ncaa championship on the track senior year spring of senior year the race was astounding it was just such a loaded field it was him it was abdi abdurrahman it was mem Klesky, and then there was another runner who like i know the four off the top of my head all the time and of course i'm blanking on it now it was like the best race i loved it if you've ever read the book running with the buffaloes and i've read it like seven times um you know you know some of the back the backstory with him in the program I want to get him on an episode to talk about that race because I think it was fascinating. I loved it. I love the people in it. Oh, Bernard Lagat was the other one. It was a loaded field. And, and it's like, you know, like it, it was just, um, you know, you look at the people then and you're like, all right, it's funny that, not funny, but it's amazing that Adam didn't end up having the career that so many of American runners at that time who that, who that same age didn't end up having. You know, they, you know, if you look back at it now, you're like, wait, it's him and say like Alan Webb's of the world. You know, they were at the pinnacle of their age group and then just never quite had their career come out the way that I think a lot of people intended. But that race was just awesome. And I would love at some point to talk to Adam about it. That's awesome. I hope you make it happen. I've tried a lot. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen, <laughs> but uh, you never know. And maybe it will, but it probably won't. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> um, all right. So last question. You know, your husband is, you know, is, is a successful business guy. Uh, you're very successful. How often do you guys, you know, come together and talk about your show and, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other? Or is it much more of a solo venture for you? Solo venture. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brian is an amazing supporter of mine. Uh, he comes to my live shows. He's like the f- freaking paparazzi like taking photos and he brings Annie and he'll bring the dog like he is absolutely a huge supporter and cheerleaders but I think when and this is mostly true lately like I think I used to run my ideas by him a lot more and now I just have a lot of conviction in what I'm doing and I I feel like I'm on the right path but he's so busy with what he's doing running a company I'm so busy with what I'm doing. And then we're like scrambling back and forth parenting right now because, um, you know, things are what they are right now. And so it looks a little different than it used to. So I would say in terms of sitting down and like running a marketing plan by him, like I don't do that. Um, I think we also really respect each other's time. So anytime that we do get to sit down together, it's very intentional and purposeful. Uh, That being said, like this week, for example, we are doing some like 
personal development stuff that we're both doing independently and then coming together to talk about it. There's like a an online Tony Robbins seminar that we're both doing and then talking about it. And uh, so we do stuff like that a lot more. I would say we collaborate more on like self-help stuff and personal development, um, more on that than we do about specific business plans or ideas. That makes a lot of sense. And especially when you come at it from like that holistic perspective, obviously it trickles down into the business stuff. And it's yeah, also and like, you don't have to have like all the context to make like, you know, to, to, to kind of weigh in on whatever you're potentially talking about. Yeah. And I think I used to get caught up in a lot of the stuff that he is really good at. I'd be like, well, you know, just thinking about like, I remember when I launched being like, caught up on like the cover art and how many episodes to launch with and like stuff like that, that in the grand scheme of things just does not matter. And so I've learned to not get hung up on those little details and not to get stuck on things and just to trust my gut and keep moving forward. And so I think that over the years, I've leaned into him less when it comes to my work because I'm I'm grateful that I feel pretty confident about what I'm doing. I I am not, I don't know at all. I still have a ton to learn. But um, yeah, also most of our conversations these days are like, hey, did you take out the diaper pail trash? Yeah. Hey, did you order <laughs> diapers? Yeah. Okay. What about wipes? Did you, like, it's just so transactional right. and like so unsexy. Um, but that's just the season that we're in right now. So yeah. Well, well, I think I think what really came through with how you answered the questions that I provided was that at this point, you know, you've developed such a good instinct for what you need to do in your audience and how to really make the most make the most of both of those things. That it's no surprise really by how, why and how things are going so well. Well, and I think for both of us, it's about you know, it's about trusting our gut, but also knowing our community and knowing who listens. And there's, I I just think that there is so much value. I think there's so many companies that are constantly screwing up because they're just not listening to their consumers, their customers, their clients, whatever it is. They're so caught up in doing things their way. And it's just like, it's so frustrating to watch because it's like you literally have a focus group at your fingertips in the form of DMs, reviews, inboxes, emails, turnouts, downloads. Like there's so many different ways to measure success and to get feedback and to ignore that and just go forward without taking that into consideration to me. That's just like stupid. <laughs> what a negative way to wrap this up. Wait, let's say something nice. Um, All right. I got something for you. You ready? Okay. This has, been yes. a, this has been a secret I've kept for the last 10 days, but I can I tell secrets. you because tomorrow it's going to happen. And by the time this gets um, you know, basically published, this, is, this will have already happened, but we're getting a brand new dog tomorrow, puppy. a cockapoo puppy. And I can't wait. Aww. The thing is so cute. It's coming to our house tomorrow at 1130. It's, it, we're just so excited. I can't tell people because we don't want the kids to know. We're going to surprise them. But <gasps> oh, that's, that's happening. Cute. Oh, my gosh. Please just post so many photos on Instagram. The you world it. needs You got a tan little photos. cockapoo. We do, you know, there's no name yet. He's a little puppy. Aww. So we're going to have the kids kind of weigh in on the name. You know, again, maybe just some more Doc McStuffins, you know, if they're going to choose a name. But, you know, we'll we'll take it from there. I'm leaning towards Ollie, but I don't think I have much of a say. We'll see what happens. Very cute. Well, congratulations on your new edition. Thank you for doing this. Always love collaborating with you. And I'm going to remember to say it. Thanks for rambling on the run with us. Did I do it Nailed right? it. You got it. You yes. got it. Six months. We got Woo! it. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to this month's edition of Ramblings on the Run with Allie and Matt. These episodes with Matt Chittam and me will be coming your way once a month, so make sure you're subscribed to both shows, The Allie on the Run Show and Matt's show, Rambling Runner. That way you won't miss a thing. We go back and forth every month, so the July edition of Ramblings will be available over on Matt's channel. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Allie on the Run One and in two places on Facebook. There's the official Allie on the Run Facebook page and there's the Allie on the Run Show Best Running Friends Group, which might just be the happiest, kindest, most supportive little corner of the internet. Come on over and join us. We'd love to have you. You can also find me on Patreon. I started a Patreon page earlier this year, this week, this month. What's the date? Does anyone know? <laughs> but check it out. I do bonus episodes over there every month. It's patreon.com slash on the run. I would love for you to be a part of that community if that is something that you're interested in. I think that's all for this time. Keep doing your best. You're doing great. You've got this. And thanks for joining me on the run.